Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. She was my best disciple. I led her to the Lord years ago, and was, or not led her to the Lord, was there when she came to the Lord, and then was able to uh, baptize her, and then... There's a whole slew of people that were getting saved and baptized and coming out for prayer and worship nights, and she was one of them. I had this kind of motley group of young people that were coming together. I'm four years older than my wife, so uh, it's just because I'm immature and she's so mature. Somewhere we even each other out, and uh, so we've been married for 20 years now, and uh, it gets better every single year. So if you're married, I want to I want to encourage you, give you hope. It can get better every single year. Um, but it does take effort. It doesn't get better without effort. And, uh, and so, uh, but God is so faithful, so, so faithful. And uh, we've been chasing forever, and we're still chasing forever. But, hey, I want to bring your attention to something that we're doing here in a few weeks. And I just want to put it on your radar now. It's going to be a legacy offering. Um, we at Authentic Church, as my wife said uh, earlier, we have times uh, uh, of of offerings and etc but we don't necessarily uh pass the proverbial buckets uh to per se we trust that you're hearing and obeying the lord when it comes to uh your giving and obedience to him and his word and tithing uh, but there are three times a year that as a church family uh, we do have a formal offering uh, a time of giving and and it comes out of uh, the Old Testament where God would call the men of Israel together three times of the year, and three times a year they would come and they would all present an offering to the Lord and so the first offering that we ever uh, that ever goes out comes in that goes out from this church is actually to bless Israel um, that's one of our authentic attributes a unique characteristics maybe about our church is um, that we do we take up an offering and we bless Israel. It's the first money that ever leaves our bank account, and it's the first offering that we take in the beginning of the year. And then the second offering that we do is on Vision Sunday that we do, or where we, our anniversary weekend uh, for Authentic Church, uh, where we take a moment just to thank God for all that he's done, and, uh, and we give in an offering. And, you know, some would say, you know, well, financially, you're, you're transferring money, you're giving, um, you know, a check or cash or online or whatever to a church. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it's actually, you're actually giving to God. And so I'm never giving to authentic church as I physically I am, but spiritually, I'm literally giving to the Lord. That's what it says in, in Hebrews that we give here, but he receives them there. And uh, there are tithes and there's offerings. And, and so we, we give in our tithes, our 10%. Um, and then for our family, we've always sowed seed in different offerings uh, throughout, throughout the year. And just as the Lord leads us. And for the church, when we planted Authentic Church, we really wanted to have that three times a year. And so to Israel the first time, and then the second one is uh, during our anniversary time. And then the third one is what's coming up in a few weeks, and that's Legacy Sunday. And that's really, we, what we do is we provide di- different lanes of legacy, and we just present it to you, and we just ask you to pray about it, and then just obey whatever God tells you to do. It's really that simple. Uh, there's no arm twisting, manipulation, begging, none of that stuff. That stuff kind of makes me throw up in my mouth when I hear and see that kind of stuff, especially in the church. Uh, so we don't, we don't necessarily do any of that. All we do is we just say, hey, here's some things that we're leaning into as a church, 
that we have felt to really like focus some budget items on. And uh, we would just ask you to prayerfully consider a lane of legacy or all lanes of legacy, however the Lord would lead you. Just pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me give? And uh, how many know that when you sow seed, that you see a harvest? Uh, that there's hard, there, as long as the earth will remain, right? What does it say in Genesis? There'll be seed time and there will be harvest time. In fact, in Isaiah, it talks about the people of the, the generous people. Um, they, they have prepared in their hearts what to sow in generosity already. So that's why we're just giving you a, a heads up. You guys are a generous people. So we just give you a heads up on what's coming down the pike there for that. And uh, this past weekend, I was, uh, had the pleasure of being with a few different leaders. There was a, a conference and some pastors and leaders that have been in my life. We all got together. And, um, and one of the gentlemen, he's 82 years old. And he, to this day, keeps a wad of five, tens, and twenties in his car so that any, at any time he's prepared to be generous. So he says, he said, he said, even if I'm going through in and out getting a burger, Jeff, he said, I'll actually take out a $5 bill or a 10 or a 20, whatever the Lord leads me. And I'll just tip that young person that's there at the window or that, that mom that I see in a store or whatever it is. He goes, I just, I just try to maintain that heart of generosity. And I will tell you as generous as this guy is, he has been so blessed through the years, but he attributes a lot of the blessings that he's seen and walked in. He attributes that to actually uh, the grace of God and just having a generous open heart and uh, just such a beautiful way to live. And so anyway, so we want to let you know ahead of time on that. So that'll be our legacy offering coming up on December the 4th. It'll be a great Sunday. Um, we're in week seven of a series on, titled Kingdom Come. And it's been a series on praying powerful and effective prayers. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you're, you're getting to the place where prayer is becoming your first response, not your last resort. <laughs> when, I, when I was younger in my faith, it was like I did all I could do. And it's like, well, I've done all I can do. I might as well now. I should probably pray. No. <laughs> prayer should be my first response, right? Should be our first response, the first thing we should do. We're all first responders, amen? And so we, we want prayer to really be that muscle where it's like whatever comes our way, we're going to pray first. And so we made these, uh, these bracelets here. We're making them available to everybody. We have tons of them. We want to give these to you as a reminder that when you wake up in the morning, just pray first. Uh, before you get out the day and and, and, and race off to work or take the kids to school, pray first. Uh, before you take your kids and drop them off into instruction, be it public or private, how many know, parents, we should pray first, right? You know, we pray God's blessing on them, that they're, they're a leader, they're not a follower, the hand of the Lord is upon them, they're going to grow in wisdom, stature, and favor today, we pray first. Before we go to our job and get out of the car to walk into the building, let's take a moment just to Pray first. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that I have a job to go to. Some people don't even have jobs today. And I thank you, God. And I'm walking in here on purpose. Pray first. Before you send that uh, email or respond to that email, it's probably good to pray first, right? Before you send that text message back to that person or answer that person on Instagram or Facebook, you should pray first. You're catching on, right? And, and then at the end of the day, before you hit the pillow, it's a good time before you enter into sleep and enter into time of rest. It's good just to pray first. Just pray and just thank God. And when you cultivate that lifestyle of prayer, you be able, you begin to see with different eyes and you become, you start to be molded more into the image that God had for you. You'd be more in line with him and his plan. And the amount of thankfulness 
and gratefulness in your heart begins to rise. And uh, there was a story about a, a woman that was battling cancer and, and she, she, she had always loved her long, beautiful hair. And as she was going through treatments, she had less and less hair and, uh, and it started to fall out. And for any, any person, man or woman, <laughs> losing hair is not fun. <laughs> but uh, uh, for her, it was really, really hard. And she just kept a great positive attitude. And then one day, it literally got down. She just had three long hairs left. And so she decided, you know what? I'm going to make a braid today. So she braided her hair. And then the next day, she woke up and, you know, one of the hairs fell out. And she was down to two hair. And she said, looked in the mirror and she thought, you know what? Today's a good day just to do a part down the middle. I'm just going to part them down the middle. And she goes, I'm just going to go with that today, you know. And then she goes to bed that night, and the next day she wakes up, and she only has one hair left. And she's like, it's a beautiful day for a ponytail. So then she decided, I'm going to make a ponytail today. And put a ponytail in her hair. And then the next morning she woke up, and she didn't have any hair anymore. And she looked in the mirror, and she goes, well, thank God. I don't have to spend all that time doing my hair anymore, you know. Just having that thankful heart, that heart of gratitude, like that, that song that we sang today, which was so awesome. Uh, just, I, I so love the heart of the worship that just rose up from this place of gratitude and thanksgiving. And just having that, that heart of gratitude, it changes things. So those bracelets are available. And I would encourage you, don't just take one for yourself. Take a few to give away give away to somebody, you just encourage them and say, hey, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I just want to encourage you to pray that God is an answer. He will answer your prayers. Could I pray for you? And I have this bracelet I just want to give to you as a reminder that no matter what you're going through, maybe just take a moment to pray first and see what God might do. So we're in that, this series. We're in week seven, if you can believe it, of the series. And uh, just to give you a quick recap on what we've covered. So week one, we, we laid a foundation theologically for prayer and how God loves prayer. He loves to answer prayer. He's almighty. He's all powerful. And, uh, and, and we laid a foundation of, uh, of prayer and what prayer looks like. And then in week two, we outlined the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus taught his disciples as rabbis always taught their disciples, and he gave them an outline. And the Lord's Prayer isn't a 20-second prayer that we just recite over and over and over again, but the Lord's Prayer actually contains seven key elements as an outline of prayer. And so we went through that. And then in the next week, in week three, we went through and we taught on the prayer of Jabez. And for me personally, the Lord's Prayer is my go-to every morning. But the prayer of Jabez is a, pray that, a prayer that I pray throughout my day, uh, a lot of times praying for others, praying for myself, my family. And the prayer of Jabez had four key parts. Do you remember them? The first one was, bless me. The second one was, increase my influence, right? He prayed, enlarge my territory. The third one was, put your spirit on me, like let your hand be upon me today. And then the fourth one was, keep me from evil. Like there's enough bad stuff going on in the world. Lord, I just pray that you would keep it all away from me. And so we went through the prayer of Jabez. And then in week four, we shifted the focus instead of praying for our own needs and really praying for other people. And, and uh, we went through and taught on how to pray for people to know God. And Fawn and I, we've been really fortunate to be able to see so many answers to prayer with people that were not walking with God, that had walked away from God, see them turn to God. Uh, at one point, I, I told you at the beginning, um, she was just a name on a prayer card 
There was a gal in our church and we would list out people that we were believing for to come to know Jesus and then we'd get together and we would pray over that little three by five card with their name and we'd pray that they would know Jesus. And we'd literally go through a stack of three by five cards, touching and agreeing, praying and believing that these people are gonna come to know Jesus. And so uh, we, I've seen my wife obviously come to the Lord, my whole family, my parents, I water baptized them. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, through the years, we've seen so many people. And so that was a, a great teaching on how to, how to lead people to the Lord and then also how to pray for people to come to know Christ. And then in week five, we talked about the secret of experiencing joy in prayer. How awesome would it be if when you wake up in the morning, you're actually excited about prayer? Or when you read the Bible, you open it up and it's just like, oh man, this is so good. Like this is, this is better than my coffee and, and uh, you know, a, a delicious donut from Sidecar, right? I mean, like, like, that, like if you had that kind of excitement and you can. And so we outlined that in week five. And then last week we looked at Nehemiah praying rubble into revival. And I believe, I believe that there's, there's, there's rubble, maybe some bricks, some areas of our lives that have been broken down, some of it crushed down by other people. And God's going to take that rubble and he's going to build it into a wall and he's going to bring about a revival in our lives and in our time. So if you missed any of those, you can catch up, but we're in week seven today. And Really what I want to talk to you about today as we close out this series is how to see answers to your prayers. I mean, how awesome would it be if you, if you could think of, man, what are my top five prayers? What are the top five things that I'm praying about? Whatever those things are, like how awesome would it be? What you, would your life look like if those top five were answered? I had somebody one time say, hey, Jeff, what are you praying for and how can I be praying for you? And I was in a season of my life where I really wasn't praying that much. And, uh, and I was like, man, that's a good question. And I was working in business and a young dad, and I didn't really have a prayer list. I was just trying to survive. You know, it's like, you know, if you have a lot of kids, it's like you're just excited when bedtime comes because <laughs> then you can breathe, right? Parents in the room are like, yes, you know. And I was just trying to survive. And I'm like, man, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know. And I, and, and I felt convicted about it, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me through it. And it was, what, why are you not praying more? Why are you doing so much in your own strength? It's like, oosh, thank you for the good reminder, Lord, you know? And, and so uh, I, wanna, I wanna share with you today what I believe some of the most incredible biblical keys to seeing answers to your prayers. Uh, let's pray, and then let's jump into it. You ready to receive the Word of God today? Let's pray and let's get into it. God, we thank you for your word, that your word is truth, your word is light. God, I thank you that your word builds faith. And so I thank you, Father, for the word of God being preached today. Lord, I thank you for faith, the spirit of faith rising up in this room. God, nobody came to hear a man speak. We all came to hear you speak. So God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every person under the sound of my voice that their, their eyes are gonna be open to things in the scriptures they never saw before. Let our ears be open to hear from heaven. I pray that, Lord, literally, that there would be a download at one point in the, in the sermon today, Lord, and in, in that people would just begin writing revelation from you. I pray just a revelation to come, a spirit of revelation in the house today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, before I get into some of the, the practical elements of, of praying and seeing answer to prayer, the first thing I want to do is just kind of like back up, and I just want to lay a bit of a foundation for answered prayer. And, and, and so I'm going to give you just a few key areas 
of, of, of the foundation for a healthy prayer life and seeing God answer prayer. You know, it's one thing for God just to answer prayer in a moment. I mean, he answers prayer for people that don't know him because he wants them to know him. But after you've been walking with God for a while, there's a level of maturity comes up and then the Holy Spirit begins to put his finger on different areas of your life. And he says, hey, I don't want you to do that anymore. Or, hey, I want you to do this. And God is a good father. And how many know uh, he's not going to continually reward a disobedient child, right? There, there's a season of grace, and then there's a time the Lord's like, okay, enough is enough. And God wants to grow us. And so the first area is uh, that God desires relationship with you. First and foremost, this is a, just a, a foundational reminder. First and foremost, God desires a relationship with you. And because he desires a relationship with you, that means he doesn't want anything in our, in our relationship that would take away from his presence. What takes away from God's presence in our lives? Sin. And so the, the thought behind that is um, the level of purity that we walk in will at some point have an effect on answered prayers. That there's, there, there, there's, a, there's a level of purity that God is calling us to, church, He's calling you to. There's a level of purity and maturity that he's calling us to. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to behave as a child anymore. I'm actually going to put on my my big boy clothes and I'm actually going to walk this out. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to turn away from that. I'm going to I'm going to begin to live in a pure relationship with God. And um, you know, God has one reality, but He has two realms. What do I mean by that? God has one reality and two realms. So there's the physical realm. And there's the spiritual realm. Uh, and we are citizens of both. So, so b- b- before you got an earth suit, okay, you, you, you're a spirit that is in a, in, in a physical body. Some people think I'm a physical body with a spirit. No, no, no. You, you are a spirit that will live forever. Somewhere. You're going to live forever. My, my hope is that we're all going to live together forever in heaven, right? And there's an assurance of that hope, and his name is Jesus. But we're going to live forever. There's a, there's a spiritual realm and there's a physical realm. So you are a spirit that's in a body for a season. And, and, and at one point, the earth suit you're wearing, brother, it's going to wear out. As fit as you are, as awesome as your abs are, at some point, it's going to be flabby. All right? At some point, it's going to be wrinkly. All right? But keep going to the gym. Keep looking good. That's, uh, keep being healthy. Mobility's good, right? But at some point, this thing's going to wear out. And, and it's going to be done. Right? And there's things that you do in the physical that carries over into the spiritual. So what do I mean by that? So let's take, for instance, like, so my wife and I, we're married. We've been married 20 years, okay? We have a marriage covenant. If I were to do something outside of the covenant, sin, that could affect my relationship with her in the physical and in the spiritual realm. You follow me? So God is calling us in the physical and the spiritual, to step up. He's calling us to have a life that's a, a, level, a greater level of purity. I was reminded of this uh, this week. I was sitting in my chair having my quiet time when we had those awesome rainstorms that came through. And it was dark outside because, you know, the, the, the daylight savings and it was rainy and it's windy and the rain's just like slapping against our windows. It was so cool. And I'm, I'm sitting in my chair and and, uh, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, just as the wind and the rain is cleansing the ground in the physical, I'm cleansing 
the church in the spiritual. And, and I, I, it, was a, it was just one of those moments where the Lord just kind of like just dropped in on you. And, and I, I just began to just sit there and just really sit, that, let that thought sink in. And the Lord said, told me this. He said, I want you to challenge authentic church to step up their level of purity. And that there's something that God wants to do in your life that y- you can't do maybe in the area that you've been living in. Uh, the situations, the friendships, relationships, whatever it might be, whatever you might be partaking. There's a level that, that God's he's putting his finger on something and he's saying, hey, I love you enough. I just don't want you to do that anymore. And he brought you to a safe place here in the church today just to put his hand on you and just say, hey, that thing, we're done with that. And all you have to do is just respond to him and say, yes, Lord, I'm done, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm gonna walk away from that. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 13 gives us a, a reminder. It says, Or do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, they're, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed. Come on, those that are being baptized next Sunday. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Another way to say it, all things are lawful for me, but I'm not going to be dominated by anything. Question, is there any sin that seems to dominate you? Is there any sin that just is like, it's that foe that you just feel you can't beat? I want to encourage you today. I'm going to give you some keys in this session, in, this, in our time together. You're going, to get some, you're going to get some new weapons to be able to dominate that opponent in Jesus' name. God is gracious. He's loving. He's kind. Yes, he is. He's all those things. God is also just. <laughs> And in his kindness, he's given you an opportunity today to get the sin out of your life. Numbers 32, 23 is a very strong warning that says your sin's going to find you out. At some point, your sin will find you out. And I would rather you master your sin before your sin goes public and begins to master you. Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows in the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Okay, so in in the law, it says, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to muster it up in my own strength because the Bible says I shouldn't do this or the Bible says I should do this or whatever it is, right? That's that's a law mindset. The grace mindset is, man, I'm so in love with Jesus, (laughs) I'm so in love. I so love being in his presence. I so love that, that feeling that I have with him that I, I just don't even want to do any of that stuff. Like, like, like I'm so, so my hope and prayer is that uh, when, when you come to authentic church that you so encounter God that you're just so filled up with the love of Jesus and receiving the love that he has for you that all that stuff, you're just like, why would I even do that anymore? Like I am so loved by God and my response is that stuff doesn't fill me anymore. Like I'm, I'm moving on past that stuff. Like that's my hope that the love of Christ would so just envelop your life where you just go, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you saved me and all the things you saved me from. Thank you, Lord. I'd be, and, and because of this purity in our relationship, I just want to be close to you. 
I just want to be close to you. I want to be closer with you. Psalms uh, 35, 27 reminds us that God takes pleasure in answering our prayers. Number two, I want to, uh, God takes pleasure in answering our prayers. And Psalms 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. The, the, the Lord takes pleasure in that. First John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. He hears us. It actually means, if you take a look in, in, the, in the Hebrew, the word for that hears, it's actually Shema. You can say it with me. One, two, three, Shema. One more time, Shema. All right, you guys sound like your Hebrew lesson for today, class. But uh, it, it, when it says he hears us, it's actually interchangeable with he answers us. People say, well, how could God be hearing and answering us at the same time? I'm glad you asked. Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. And so it's, it's at that, in, in, when it's saying the, in the word there, the hear, the, the Shema, it's actually saying, I, I'm already working out what's being asked. Like you began to pray, and because you have the closeness with God, because you understand the will of God, God's not a vending machine where you just like put in your money, put in your prayer, plug, play, boom, and then out drops the answer to prayer. That's not how it works. When you pray, you begin to get the heart of God, and the more that you get the heart of God, the, the more that you're lined up with him, and then when you ask, he's like, no problem. Like I actually already have that for you. And there's some things you're asking, and that word ask, we're gonna go to, into it in a little bit later in the, in, the, in the message today, but there's two aspects of the word ask, and we're gonna go into that. There's several aspects. We're gonna take a look at a few of them. Number three, from a foundational element for your answered prayer, number three, God will not share his glory with any other. If the answer to your prayer is more so gonna glorify you or get you into more trouble, <laughs> God will not share that glory. He doesn't want to share that glory. It, it says in Isaiah 42, 8, says, my name is the Lord. I will not, I won't let idols or humans share my glory or praise. Nothing that God does in and through your life is going to be accredited to you. But there's nothing God won't do for the man or the woman that gives all the credit to him. I know people where it's like everywhere they turn, they're like, they're like, yeah, God did this and God did that and God did that. And, and you look at their life and yes, there's an aspect of diligent. Yes, we are called to be faithful stewards. Obviously there's an action. There's, there's an element that we are responsible for. Yes. But at the end of the day, God is the one who's getting all the glory and all the praise. If God answered the prayers on your prayer list, the top five, does he get more of the glory or do you? Just a good checking point. All right. So there's the foundation. Now let's get into some elements of activating our prayer. So how do you activate answers to your prayer? So just as the Lord's prayer is a, is a pattern that we see throughout the scriptures, there's, there's actually a pattern uh, throughout the scriptures for answered prayer. And so I want, I want to give that to us today. Uh, what, I, what I'm providing to you, this is, this is what I've utilized in my life. This was taught to me by pastors and leaders, passed down through the generations, and it's actually passed down through the Bible, through the text, and it goes all the way back to, um, to Abraham. And, and the first thing is you need to get a word. 
So I'm going to give you five keys to answered prayers. Number one, you need to get a word. You need to get a word. By the way, the best way to get a word from God is to get in the word of God. That's why it's so uh, important that we're spending time in the word of God. Uh, I went through a season one time when I was young and I, I, I kind of felt like, like I, had, I, I had God all figured out. Like what a moron, you know. So I kind of felt like I had God all figured out. And I would just spend a lot of time praying. And then I wasn't reading the word so much. And I was just more so praying and experiencing God. And, and God loves for us to experience him. God, God wants us to experience him. But if you have experience without strong doctrine, you're going to get off in your theology, right? And if all you have is theology and no experience, you're just boring. And, and, <laughs> and your, life, your, your life doesn't really showcase the faith and the, the activation adventure that God has for you. But when you have that theology and you have the experiential element of God, it's so beautiful. And so, uh, so I went through a season where I wasn't necessarily in the word very much. And man, you feel dry. Your prayers seem like they don't hit the mark. It's so important to get in the word of God. And so getting into the word of God and reading the word of God, it's amazing. If you just stay steady with a Bible reading plan, and there's a bazillion of them on the YouVersion Bible app, such a great app. It's like one in four um, uh, mobile devices have the Bible on their device. One in four in the world have the Bible on their device. I'm encouraged by that. And so uh, you need to get into the Word of God. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things that are not seen. So faith is the insurance. Another translation says that it's, it's the substance of the things that you can't see, that, that, that faith, it's that, that, that hope you have that you, you just know it's going to, I don't know how, I, I, but I just, I just know it's, it's, it, that's, that's the faith. And as you go through life, you want to develop that faith muscle. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please him being God for he who comes to God must believe that he is. And then he's actually a rewarder of those who seek him. So some people, they, they sort of kind of believe in God, but they actually don't believe that God answers prayer. So guess what? They don't pray a lot of prayers. Guess what? They don't see a lot of miracles in their lives. Guess what? Jesus was our pattern. And if Jesus was our pattern and we're not walking in accordance with our pattern, the question then is, maybe your foundation is a little bit off in your doctrine and what you view and what Christ took on the cross and what he did and what he gave to you. Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And that word, that word hearing there, it's actually, a, it's a unique word because it's Hebraic. And a Hebraic word is when it's a noun and a verb at the same time. So you're hearing and hearing. So what is that? So actually another translation reads, so faith comes by hearing and doing and hearing and doing by the word of Christ. Years ago, I, I played baseball. It was not my best sport. Um, I'm a lefty. And so because you're left-handed, sometimes you just get opportune positions in sports, I found out. And so I was a lefty. And so they're like first base, you know, and any, any lefties in the room, any left-handed people, Five of us, two of us, three. Okay, okay, do I see, I see that hand. Yeah, we're the only ones in our right mind. Lame joke, I know. So I was left-handed, and so, so I was left-handed, and I was a, 
they, they wanted me to pitch because you were pitching. It's harder to hit it. I mean, most of the kids are right-handed, and so the left-handed pitcher had, an, had a little bit more of an advantage. Um, when I'd get up to bat and I had to bat left-handed, most pitchers are right-handed, so when they have that ball come across the plate and I'm left-handed, I'm a little bit more positioned for a good play. And so I, I, got, I got put in and everything like that, and, 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 and then they had me doing switch hitting. So because I was left-handed, but I did some things in my right hand, they just wanted to like really screw me up even more. So they're like, you bat left, you throw left, but occasionally can you get up and you can bat right? And then, you know, and so depending on who the pitcher was, they would switch me. And so I was a switch hitter. And so I'd get up to the plate as a lefty and then the coach would be like, all right. And then it was kind of like a wink and it's like, just kidding. And then I'd come over to the side as a right. And then the pitcher's like, oh man, no, now I got to face this guy. And so that, that's what I did. Well, the coach got really excited about me in a few sessions of, of, of pitching and practice. And so I would, I would pitch and it would go really good in practice. And then I would get into a game and I would pitch, but I wasn't so good at pitching as much as I was hitting people with the ball. And so, so I, I would wind up, man, and I don't know, I don't know what happened, but somewhere, be, you know, here in the release and the motion, it was just like a heat seeker, right, for the batter, you know. And so after walking, you know, or hitting several people, you know, and the and the the other team's getting all frustrated and mad. They think I'm doing it on purpose. I'm like, dude, I I don't play for the Yankees, bro. Like this is little league, you know. And I'm just trying to do the best I can. I get up there and throw it, and I'd hit the batter. I'm like, oh, stink, man. This kid's mad at me. The coach is mad at me. My coach is like Peterson. What's wrong with you? Calm down. It's like, great, you know, not enough pressure on you as like a 10-year-old on the mound in a Little League game, you know. Wind up, boom, peg the other batter, you know. It's like, and so that went on, and then finally the coach is like, pull it. All right, Peterson, you can stay on first base. You're not going to, we don't need you to, we don't need you to, to pitch anymore. But there's, there's a lack of confidence that I had because I just couldn't get, I could hear it, I could try it, but man, in the game, I just couldn't do it. There's a level of faith that begins to grow in the hearing and the doing of the word of God. And so the first thing that we do is we get a word from God. The second thing in seeing answers to prayer is you got to catch a vision. You got to catch it to catch a vision. I, I, I've heard it said, and you've heard it said, you, I, I want to see it to believe it. And, and, uh, and I, I like it more aptly said from a biblical standpoint, you have to see it to receive it. You have to see it to receive it. In, in, in Genesis 22, this, this goes back to Abraham. So God is teaching Abraham some things and he, he tells him in Genesis 22, 17, he says, I'm going to certainly bless you. I'm going to multiply your descendants beyond number. Like stars in the sky and sand on the shore, your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. So God, he helps them catch a vision. So day and night, Abraham has a picture of what God wants to do in his life. So God says it, God shows him. Okay, if you're going to see answers to prayers, stay with me. This is really important. If you're going to see answers to prayer, there's things God's going to speak to you and things he's going to show you. He's going to speak something to you in the word. He's going to show you some things. And, the, and, and we're, remember, we're spiritual beings in a physical body. Through prayer, we access the kingdom and we bring the kingdom to earth. So when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, we're not asking. It's actually more of a declaration the way that Jesus taught it. And so there's things that God shows you, there's things that he tells you, and he wants to catch, he, wa he wants that to be a visual in your mind. 
So how do you bring that down into like things? So when, when we were moving here from Texas, yes, we're the only people that moved from Texas to California in the last two years. When we were moving here from Texas, we had a, a vision in our mind. I was praying for a, a certain dollar amount that we would have for our bank account to be able to fund the planting of the church. We're working in a business. We have our company. Things are rocking and rolling. And then we are praying for a house. And we have a lot of kids, and so we need a little bit more bedrooms and bathrooms uh, because I have teenage daughters that want to get ready. I have teenage boys that want to get ready. I have a wife that wants to get ready in the morning. And so we were praying, actually, for a certain, we felt like God told us a size of a house and that we were believing for. And so we, we literally had that on a prayer list, that we were believing for a five-bedroom house. We believed that it was going to have three bedrooms, that it was going to be in a great neighborhood with awesome neighbors. We prayed for our neighbors before we even knew them. Some of my neighbors are here today. And uh, we were praying for awesome neighbors, and, uh, and we were praying that in. And so, and then we had words from God. We had scriptures that we were standing on, and we had prayers that we were praying. And so we began to see it. We begin to speak it. In the third area, we had to take action. Number three, take action. So you get a word from God, you catch a vision from God, and then the third thing, you take action. Mark eleven twenty three through 24. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they shall be granted to you. Truly I say to you, go back one slide. Truly I say to you, this is Jesus talking. These words are in red if you have a red letter Bible. Whoever says to this mountain, notice Jesus is saying, you're saying to this mountain. Jesus isn't saying, whoever comes to me to speak to the mountain. No, Jesus says, whoever says to their mountain, if there's a mountain in your life, if there's something that you're, you're believing for, that, 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 whatever that is, Jesus is saying, then you say to this mountain, you speak to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea. If they do this and do not doubt in their heart, but they believe that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted to him. Next verse. Therefore, I say to you, so Jesus is showing them a picture, he's showing them the mountain, and then he, then he begins to explain it. All things for which you pray and ask, Believe that you have received them, and they shall be granted. So this is the activation. This is the take action part, right? So I got a word from God. I feel like I got a vision for God. What do I do now? The vision that you've seen and the word that you heard comes together, and you in faith begin to pray it, declare it over your life. So like for us, when we were looking for that house, we began to pray and declare that that house would come in. And months and months went by. No house. And in California, it was crazy. Things were on and off the market so fast you could barely, like, we would respond to an ad and it'd be gone like the next day. And, and the real estate agents, I mean, they don't even like answer your calls because they're getting like 20 on the house. It's like, whoever's standing in front of me that's got the money, you're gonna get the house. And so I took a trip out in faith and, and took action. So I took a trip out to Orange County from Dallas. I flew here. I, I met, I made a list of 20 homes that I was going to look at in three days. That'll make your head spin. 
And I was going through with my uh, electronic measuring tool where I'm measuring and I can put it on the side and it tells me how wide the room is and it shoots a laser. And so I'm writing down all the measurements of these rooms and knowing if our dining set was going to fit in this home or this living room set was going to fit in this home or if our bed was going to fit in the bedroom. And I'm doing all that 20 homes in three days. Like I'm like, ugh, exhausted. And I'm not finding anything. And it just crushes you when you find something that's in your budget and you walk in and you're like, how did the people who had the money to buy this house, make it look so ugly. Like, you know, there was so many, uh, I walked into their kitchen and I'm like, what happened in here? Like, it was just, like, this is like, I can't believe this, you know? And so I had so many moments like that and then I, I literally prayed. I'm like, Lord, you got to lead me like you led Ananias down a street called Straight. Let it be so obvious. And the Lord led us, led me to the house that we have literally the next day, find the house, lock, stock, and barrel, below market value, crazy deal, two-year lease. I mean, it was nuts. And they would hold the house for a month until we could fly back into town, move into town, and actually take it, you know, and, and take it off the market. And so that's, that's just an answer to prayer. And that's one small thing, but it could be something as as, uh, as, as big as somebody that's battling leukemia. There's somebody that we've been praying for and they said, hey, here's their stats. I've never met this guy. He's a friend of a friend. And so I said, all right, let's pray and see these stats drop. And we've seen their, their levels go down. Um, we've seen other people with diabetes just miraculously healed by the power of prayer. You get the word from God, you see the vision. So the vision is, in my example, you could see the house. I could see the home. I want to see Christmas in the home. I want to see my family in the home. You want to see that home. Um, you know, and it's not, not just stuff, but there, God loves actually blessing you as his kids with his stuff. He's got stuff that he wants to put into your hands if you're going to be a faithful steward of it. And our prayer was, Lord, if you, if you give us a house like this or when you give us a house like this, Lord, you know we're going to open it up. You know that it's going to be like the book of Acts. We're going to open it up and have times of prayer and worship in our, in our living room and do all that. You know that. And the Lord was so faithful to do that for us. James 4, 2 through 3 says this. The reason you don't have what you want is you don't ask God for it. <laughs> The reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole aim is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Again, it goes back to the whole thing. If God answered five prayers in your life, does that glorify him more than it, or does it glorify you more? If it glorifies him for more, then buckle up. God's probably going to answer those prayers. Now that word ask, when it says that, you don't have what you, you, you don't have because you don't ask. That word ask, when you translate it, actually in the Greek is ayateo. We have it up here. Ayateo. So that word ask is, there's different forms of the word ask. Let me give you a visual of this. So, so if, if, if you came up to me, you're just uh, a, a person uh, that, that I haven't met and you say, hey man, uh, can you help me out? I need some gas money. Can you give me 10 bucks? Well, I have the authority to say yes or no to that request, Right? Okay, I could say yes or no, take a hike. I, I could give you that money, great. But when I go to a bank and I walk up to the bank teller and I fill out a withdrawal slip from my bank account with my name on it and I sign it and I slide that to the teller and I ask them for money, they don't have the option of saying no. I'm asking them, but I'm actually telling them. I'm, I'm, I'm declaring them. I'm, com I'm actually commanding them. 
So when we, this word ask in Ayateo, it's literally like the bank teller. So in the book of James, with James, the brother of Jesus, how many of you know he probably saw a lot of prayers answered in his lifetime? So the book of James, James writes this. He says, you, you have not because you ask not. He's actually saying, you have not because you haven't taken, you haven't done a withdrawal on your, on your account. Like you, you have all these things that are available to you. You just haven't taken hold of that. So when we're praying for healing, we're taking hold of that word of healing. I'm taking, I got the word that says that I'm healed by his stripes. I got the visual of me fully healed, not having any pain in my body. And now I'm taking hold of it, applying the word with the visual. And now I'm taking hold of it and I'm declaring in the name of Jesus, I command my healing in my body. I command sickness to leave my body. I command the levels to go down, the counts to go down, the pain to leave, the wound to heal up, whatever it is. You're command, now bear in mind, you're not commanding God, okay? There's, <laughs> you're not commanding him. You can ask God for things that you don't see him in, give you in his scriptures. You can ask him for things that you don't know if it's his will. But we know healing's in his will. We know provision is in his will. So you can ask him for different things. So you're not commanding him. What you're doing is you're, you're calling in, you're declaring, you're calling in that which is not as though it were. Is this making sense at all? So you're, you're calling in. And so when, when, we, when we pray for the sick, we're not praying, oh, oh Lord, we pray for healing. No, if we know that it's the will of God and it is for that healing, we're declaring in the name of Jesus, you're healed. We're declaring in the name of Jesus, we command the sickness to leave the body. In the name of Jesus, we're taking authority over it. So Luke 17, five through six, Jesus is having a time with his apostles and they said to him, they say, Lord, <laughs> increase our faith. Like, I, like I, I want that. Will you increase our faith? And the Lord said, if you had faith like a seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And, and I, I think the apostles are probably scratching their head trying to figure out what Jesus meant. Basically, he told them, he's telling them to command with their faith, not, not to ask God, he said, you have faith, you speak to that. You speak to it. And so, it, and it, so they're, if they're not using their faith, then they're not growing their faith. If they're not using it, they're not growing it. So how does faith grow? Faith grows by using the faith you got. You may say, well, I, I don't have faith for cancer. Okay, maybe have faith for a cold. I don't know if I have faith for a cold. Let's have faith for a headache. Let, let's have faith for the fever to go down for the baby. Let's have faith for the friend, the coworker at the office that, that they would be healed. Let's have faith. You, you begin to exercise whatever level of faith you have. And you may say, I don't have any faith at all. How do I get faith? We said it earlier, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. The, he, the faith grows by the hearing and the doing. The hearing and the doing. You follow me? So faith grows with use. And the fourth area where we see breakthrough is you pray for others. The fourth area is you pray for others. Prayer partners release the supernatural in our lives. You pray with others. James 5.13 says this, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Is anyone among you sick? Call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, he's gonna be forgiven. 
So praying with others accelerates your prayer. Prayer does a lot of things when you're praying with others, but there's three primary things that prayer does when we pray with others. There's three primary things. Number one, develops humility. Some of us, we go through seasons where we're too stubborn to ask for prayer. Well, we should ask for prayer. I got this. No, no, no. The Lord has put you in a context of a community. He's given you friends, family. He's given you people that want to pray with you and speak into your life and pray for you. It develops an attitude of humility. You can't do it on your own. You're not going to do it on your own. Number two, it provides accountability. Accountability. If you're going through something you need prayer and you're praying, it provides accountability that you're going to get through that tough season that you have. Number three, prayer disperses the burden. It's not yours to carry. There's something so beautiful and so confident building knowing that you got people that are watching your back. Like people that are by your side. The Navy SEALs, uh, they're, when they go out on a mission, there's, they're, 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 they have two focuses. There's things of concern and there's things that are in their control. There's things that are of concern and then there's things in their control. They focus on the things they control they're aware of things that are of concern. They can't change the weather. They can't, they can't change what the temperature is going to be like that day. And they prepare for those things that are outside of their control, that are of concern. But then they have some areas of their life that they can control. They can control what they're wearing. They can control the ammunition they have. They can control at what time they're going to go in and do a certain mission. There's certain things that you can control in your life. You can't always control the outcome, but you can control the input. You can't always control what's going to be the output, but you can control the input. And by faith, we begin to disperse that burden with prayer, with praying with other people, and we join our faith together, and we're two or more gathered in his name, he's there. And so coming together, and so just a recap, uh, number one, in terms of, in, of seeing answers to prayer, number one, we get a word. Number two, we catch a vision. Number three, we take action. Do something with it, right? Number four, we pray with others. And number five, and this is where we're going to end today, you don't give up. You don't give up. I'm going to ask the worship team to join me up front this time. You don't give up. Uh, the first pastor that taught me how to pray, like what I'm sharing with you today, uh, he's a pastor of a great church in San Diego. Uh, Mr. Pat, Pastor Pat Markley, he's long passed away now. And uh, Pastor Pat was just an amazing man. Uh, he was actually an ex-Navy SEAL. And uh, he was a Navy SEAL back in Vietnam where they had to be skilled in everything. So you had to be an expert medic. You had to be great with underwater demolitions. You had to be great with uh, sharpshooting and, and be a sniper. You had to be trained with hand-to-hand -hand combat. It was, it was just amazing, the accolades and, that he had in his time in the service. And and one time they, they go into battle and they get up to this village and they don't anticipate that it's going to be very hostile. And, uh, and so they're checking. Then the government had just issued them these brand new uh, guns and they were brand new rifles. And there were some cool things they had like a grenade launcher and different things on it. And they're getting on and they're doing their final weapons check as they approach the village. And the guy that's in charge of the ammunition back at camp forgot one thing he had one job <laughs> forgot the ammunition so here they are walking up with a really cool looking baseball bat of a gun that can do all these cool things but they don't have the ammunition 
everybody had their own sidearms and stuff like that, but they, they couldn't use what was issued to them because they didn't have ammunition. Prayer works. What I just gave you today, what we've gone through in this series is ammunition. It's ammunition that you can use in the battles that you're gonna fight, the things that you're gonna face, but it's not gonna work if you don't begin to apply it. And sometimes you go through seasons where, man, you just can't lift your shield anymore. It's like so heavy. You, you can't lift your sword anymore. You just, you feel like you can't fight anymore. And God would tell you today, don't give up. That's why number four is so important, right? Pray with others. Don't give up. Sometimes it's just outlasting. Sometimes it's saying, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this even if I don't feel like it. You're battling depression and feeling bad. You know what? I'm gonna write 10 thank you cards to people that I'm thankful for them and something they did in my life. You know what? I'm, I may not be able to give 10s and 20s or $100 bills away, but I can give dollars away. I'm just gonna go get 10 bucks out of my bank account. I'm gonna give cash out to kids or whoever I might see, people in the stores, whatever it might. I'm just gonna do something. Don't give up. Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven, verse seven through eight, he said this, ask and keep on asking, and it's gonna be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you're gonna find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking, receives. He who keeps on seeking, finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. And if you're here today, and you feel like, man, I feel like I've been, I, I've been doing that. I, I, I got a word from the Lord. I feel like I have a visual of what God wants to do. I, I've, been, I've been praying. I've been declaring. Uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've had other people pray with me. And I, I just haven't seen that. And you need a breakthrough. I believe today my assignment is to help break off the weariness. To break off the tiredness to break off the unanswered prayers to break off that sin I believe that in this room in our gathering today that there, 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 there is a move of the Holy Spirit right now there's something he wants to do and we're going to have a time of prayer and I just want to invite you to come up front and I would be so honored to pray with you every single Sunday at Authentic Church we pray we're a church that prays. Whatever you need prayer for. You could need prayer for a job situation. I want to pray with you. You can need prayer for a marriage. I want to pray with you. you need prayer for a spouse. I want to pray for you. You prayer for a job. I want to pray for you. And if you specifically, if you're here and you're feeling discouraged, don't ever stop coming forward for prayer. Like you, that's That time, don't say yes to defeat. Take a step today and just says, you know what? I've prayed a million times and I haven't seen it, but I'm going to go forward anyway and let our faith mix with yours and let's, let's see a change in that situation. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to have Isaac just sing this over us. Isaac and Edna can begin to sing. I'm going to have the prayer team join us up front. We're just going to pray for, if you need prayer for anything today, I want you to come forward for prayer. Don't be shy. Don't be nervous. There's some, if you want something different, sometimes you got to do something different. 
If you're feeling a little bit like your palms are sweaty, your heart's beating a little bit, you're saying, I don't know if I'm going to go forward for prayer, come forward for prayer. Just come forward for prayer. It'd be a shame not to come forward for prayer in a house of prayer with people that pray, that want to pray for you, right? So let's get, let's join together and pray. And if you don't need prayer, I want to commission you. You're part of the prayer team now, okay? So if you're not coming forward for prayer, I want you to just begin to pray. You pray in the spirit. You can stretch forth the hand, but just begin to pray that whoever's up here that needs prayer, that there is a move of the Holy Spirit in this moment, and they're they're receiving everything that God has for them, that they're seeing breakthrough and change in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, Father, we just we just believe that every person that's coming forward for prayer, we're praying and believing that there is healing. There is healing in this room today. In Jesus' name. Come on, there is healing in this room. In Jesus' name. Right now, we command every spirit of doubt to go. We just we declare a spirit of lack to go. The spirit of defeat. Go right now in Jesus' name. We declare faith. We declare healing. We declare provision. In Jesus' name. God, we call the things that aren't as though they were and they shall become. We stand in faith, believing and receiving all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.